thing that's holding you back is not technology. The thing that's holding you back is not marketing. It's the mindset that says, I am ready for this now. I deserve this now. I sense ambition again. I'm ready to dream and try something new and help people and be a role model. Influence people in a positive, meaningful, impactful way. I'm just going to start. Even if you don't know how to do those things yet, you'll learn along the way. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, every single week we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp, energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com.
Hey everybody, it's Brandon Burchard. I'm so excited to be sharing with you today everything I've learned about marketing, personal brand building, and succeeding in this new influencer creator economy. I'll be sharing with you some ideas about mindset, content monetization, what you should be doing in your marketing, what you should not be doing, what will help you build an awesome audience, what will serve you as you really work over this coming year to build your audience, to reach more people, to really share your art and your passions with the world and to succeed. I don't think it's ever been easier for you to share a message, for you to get paid, for you to build something that lasts and something that's real and something that adds a lot of value in people's lives than right now. And that to me is what we call the influencer industry. You know, some people love the word influencer, some people don't. But if you just go back to its roots, it's how do you be a positive influence in other people's lives? And yes, how do you have a lifestyle doing it? How do you get paid? How do you create something that is real so it's not one of these, you know, get rich quick schemes that are out there, but rather you build something of real value and service, but rather you get to do your art but rather you get to build a real community of people around your topic or your brand that come together and actually has impact. Because we'll talk about all of that. I'm not the guy, or and this is not, if you're looking for, you know, just like here's how to do selfies better, you know, with better lighting. <laughs> Clearly, I'll fail at that one a lot. <laughs> so. My job is to talk about the actual business of this, to talk about how it actually goes down. What do we really do to create our content? What are the business models that are working today? What are the marketing campaigns that will get you ahead? And yes, even if you're just starting, you're in the right place. So whether you've already been doing this for years and you're just looking to scale six, seven, eight figures, or you're somebody who's like totally new and you're just interested in learning about this industry, I think you're gonna find some really great, uh, I think fun and practical value here. Uh, for far too long, this industry has been, you know, kind of shrouded in some kind of like secrecy. It was like, wait, what are these people doing online, you know, five, 10 years ago? But today you see everything up front. You see people monetizing on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snap, LinkedIn, Zoom. You see people everywhere sharing a message, even if they have regular full-time jobs. People realized you have to be a influencer today if you want your job to improve or your next job, if you want investment opportunities, if you want to be known for your topic area and you want more deal flow, if you want brands or businesses to want to partner with you, when you have a voice, when you put yourself out there and you create content and you serve other people and you are consistent about it. I'll start with the themes. Number one, the mindset that is required to enter this industry and to win. I mean, that's really the game. Because if you think about it, and no one likes when I say this, but it tends to be true. After 15 years of literally mentoring most of the top people in this industry. Most of them have been through one of my programs, Influencer Business Program or Experts Academy or Total Product Blueprint or one of these summits and challenges we do. And so I've had really the blessing of seeing millions of people come through this type of content. And the ones who go for it, it's not that they're more technically savvy 
It's not that they're, you know, better at just copywriting. It's not that they're better at the selfies. <laughs> it's not that they're actually that much more interesting than anybody. I mean, I'm probably the most boring person in the whole industry. <laughs> I'm like the milk toast of the whole industry. I'm like, I, I don't really, I don't do anything controversial. I don't really swear. I mean, I'm not taking pictures of the jet and the Lamborghinis and the bottles of champagne pop and stuff. Uh, it's, not, it's not me. I'm probably kind of the boring guy in the industry. But what I've seen is it's never about how you feel about yourself in terms of, oh, am I ready? Because you're never going to be ready. What you're going to, and you're never going to be completely perfect or completely capable. What you're going to do is you're going to get in action. You're going to summon that artistic, creative, service-minded part of you that says, I want to reach people. I want to connect with them. I want to help them or inspire them or serve them. That's what's going to make the difference. That mindset to get in the game, both because it's your passion, your art, or your interests, or you love sharing your life and being vulnerable about that, or you love adding specific content or value that helps people go from point A to point B, whether it's for you, passions or value to the marketplace or just sharing your life, that's mindset. And coming from those places, I'm telling you, that, that's the difference maker. And you will hear person after person talking about different ways they got in industry. Some people got in this industry because they went to one of my, seven, they went to experts academy like seven years ago. Some people get in this industry because, you know what, they put up their first YouTube channel and you know what, seven people watched it. It was probably their mom refreshing, but they kind of got motivated by it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, other people had, you know, life altering reasons to start doing this. Other people just want to make a few more bucks on the side, wherever it is for you, the ultimate and the greatest thing the influencer summit will give you is the confidence to realize that regardless of your background or your technical or marketing capabilities, you can do this. You can start, you can scale, you can win and you can earn period. And if you haven't figured that out by now, how many more billions of views do you need to see across social media? How many more emails do you need to get in your inbox to see that people are doing this all day long? They're building brands and they're monetizing. And it's a mindset game. It's a mindset game. I'd love for you to do some work with me as we go through here and, and automatically just be thinking like, what, are the, what do you think it is about your mindset that you haven't? already reached more people or earned more online at this stage of your life or career? Like what's been preventing you from doing it? Probably some, you know, sense of uh, a fear about sharing or a fear about being able to keep up with the content or a fear about the marketing or a fear about the technology, or a fear about what your neighbors or your kids or your spouse will think when all of a sudden mom starts posting some things about her inner thoughts on the internet. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, mom, stop sharing, please. <laughs> you know, I get it. You have these things, but listen, your internal fears are never market realities. They're very different things. They're very different things. They're without any disrespect. 
there's a billion of you succeeding online right now. So why not you? You see it every day as you scroll through. And I know you do. Sometimes you go through and you're like, mm-hmm, I can do it better than her. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you already know that you could be doing this. And so if you are doing it, the next question for you would be, what's it going to take in your mindset to go to the next level? And I will always tell you right now for everybody that I've talked to in the last six months, the major, most difficult challenge is they've got to reset their mindset after these last 18 months. They are still in that safety or security or uncertainty zone that is preventing them from having the ambition and the motivation and drive to get at it each day. Even if that just means you post a quote every day, you can do that. I started with that. And I'll tell you my story here briefly for those who don't know me, because mindset and service is what got me into this. If you're kind of new to my world, hi, I'm Brendan. <laughs> I promise I'll be this annoying all three days. Uh, this is how I am decaffeinated. <laughs> so uh, I started this industry, um, I would say, uh, really, ultimately 25 years ago. I had a car accident. and the car accident was the defining moment in my life that made me want to, I would say, do something with my life. I had been suicidal after a breakup with the first woman I ever loved, my high school sweetheart. She cheated on me in the first year of college, and I could not deal with it. I didn't have the emotional capabilities and tools to know how to uncouple myself from that relationship. So my whole identity was tied up with the relationship. So when the relationship fell apart, my whole psyche fell apart and I eventually fell into depression and then suicidal ideation and planning. And then unrelated to that suicidal ideation, I was in a car accident. And that car accident luckily hit me in the head hard enough to realize I didn't want to die. I didn't want to take my life. I just didn't know how to live life yet. At that point, I was brokenhearted. I thought I'd never love again. I was telling myself this story. I'll never have love in my life. I'll never be loved. No one loves me. F this world. To realizing, no, I still, the, the truth is, I have such a huge heart that I felt that pain so bad that I want the pain to end. But the reality was, I still, I still had that huge heart. And I wanted to still love. But I didn't know how. Just like I didn't know how to live. And I knew one night at that car accident night, standing on top of this crumpled hood of the car, after the car had rolled several times, I pulled myself through the windshield of this car and I stood up on the hood and I looked down and I saw blood leaving my body and I felt like I was going to pass out. And I, I sensed this reality that I was about to die. And I remember just looking down and just wondering, if I even mattered. And I really asked that question. Did I even matter? Just like I'd asked, did I live? And have I loved? I wondered if I'd mattered. And I, I didn't know that I had, I didn't know how to even conceptualize that. Right. How do we, how do we know if we're making a difference in life? I didn't even know how to conceptualize that I was a young kid and probably a young selfish kid. I hadn't been learned. I hadn't learned a lot about leadership and service yet to the world. I hadn't thought about broader contributions, certainly not in a major scale or even in a, my hometown. And so I didn't like the answer to that question, did I matter? 
And then I had a blessed moment on the hood of that car because as I thought I was going to pass out, I looked up and there was this bright, big, beautiful moon that night. And that moon gave me this connection. And I felt like God had just handed me what I later called life's golden ticket. You know, life's golden tickets, like a second chance. And I just felt like one second, I feel like I'm going to die. The next second, I just know in my heart and I feel this faith that I'm going to be okay. And it felt like I got this message from above that, hey, you know what? Kid, you're lucky. You're going to be just fine. But now you better start living because now you know the clock is ticking. And it made me realize something that you're going to learn a lot about this week. There are what psychologists call these critical incidences, right? There is these moments in your life, these defining points or events or moments that shape your journey. Do you have a list of them somewhere? Of those defining moments of your life where you felt something, learned something, had a breakthrough? Because you know what that is? That's probably your most valuable asset in your life. So often people forget that's what led to strength and wisdom and compassion. That's what led to learning and ambition. That's what led to you wanting to change. And I know lots of people who they're not even aware of it. I just worked with a woman. She has 5 million people on her Instagram and she's so tired of showing you know, her backside of the world and wondering if she can make a difference. And I said, well, you know, what you could do is start thinking about the major events of your life in which you learn something, you learn some values, you learn some wisdom and start sharing those things because that will be valuable to people. And I think that what we all forget is that our journey and our struggles and sharing those are the things that only make us vulnerable, which is, you know, trade speak. No, what it does is it makes you somebody that others can look to and say, I connect with that. I can learn from that. And oh, yeah, let me have a better mindset about this too. That you get to be of service with people. It's not just about sharing your cereal each morning. Uh, listen, you can do that, by the way. I have no problem. I love your acai bowl pictures. I, I, I look at them. I think someday I'll make such a pretty thing with the coconut flakes and the little almond thing. I have, still have not done that. But I, I, I'm not one of those guys that thinks that that's all you have to do. What I think you have to do is go, what are the things I'd love to share with the world that I had to learn the hard way? And I didn't know that was what was going to happen from my car accident. What happened from my car accident was I realized I didn't know how to live and I didn't know how to love and I didn't know how to matter. So I started studying personal development. I started studying psychology and philosophy and then later on neuroscience and leadership and behavioral economics and human behavior change and then high performance. And I just, I geeked on that stuff as some of you know, because I spent 15 years writing books on that, six best-selling books you know, tens of millions of people and views, 100 million downloads, 400 million views across, I mean, tons and tons of tons and tons of sharing. And all I'm ever doing is sharing stuff that I'm learning in those areas and giving practical advice to people. And that was my path, but it germinated from something that shifted me. So is there something that has happened in your life? Maybe today you're just gonna make a spreadsheet. You're just, oh, Brennan cued that for me. What are all those defining little moments in my life 
or all those little learning events that I've had? And how did those things shape my mentality or shape my values or shape my passions or my interests? Because sharing those things, your audience will be absolutely connected with you the more you learn to share those things. I just worked with someone, their entire content rhythm for the year. Um, they're kind of just getting started. And, I, and they were like, I don't know what to do. So we made this list and they made 52 items on this list. Why 52 items? Because there's 52 weeks of the year. So we just said, okay, here's 52 incidences of your life. Things where you learned to value, things where you were challenged, times that you were struggled, you know, crazy events that happened, insights that you got. And each of those can be a major piece of content each week. That can be a longer YouTube, or that can be a podcast. That could be a blog post. That could be your newsletter. That can be chopped up throughout the week as a theme for your social media. It's so much easier than people think. The challenge is their mindset says, I'm embarrassed to be seen starting small. I tell so many people, you don't have any fear. I, you think you have fear. You have fear when you are being chased and you are in physical safety. The rest of the time, you have mental worry and projections that are either rational or irrational. What you have is concerns and worries that you spin up into stuff that spins up your stomach and doesn't make you feel good. But it's a little different than fear. And usually what happens is people aren't really fearful. They just have a lot of embarrassment to be seen starting small. Well, if I put that first video up, Brent, and only 100 people see it, they're going to make fun of me. I'm like, oh, good news. Probably less than 100 people will see it. And I promise for you, one to 10 people are going to make fun of you. So play those metrics out. When it's a million people, can you take one to 10% of people saying something negative? They don't like your shirt. Oh, no. They don't like your attitude. Oh, no. A lot of people don't like my voice or my hair or my stupid shirts I wear all the time. That's fine. I'm not doing it to please the people who are going to look at what I do and say, oh, well, Brendan, you know, I'm not like that or I don't like you or da da da. da. I'm doing it. I, I'm trying to seek and serve the people who want to make change in their life. I'm trying to seek and serve leaders, action takers, people with compassion and humility and the willingness to work hard. Everybody else, they can make noise from the sidelines. I don't care. I'm on the purpose parade, people. And you know what? The purpose parade don't stop because some child on the, the, on, the, on the curb throws a piece of candy at them and says, F you. I don't care. The purpose parade, too big to stop. We don't stop the purpose parade because some noisy people screaming from the lawn chair on the side as they eat their 17th hot dog and flip off all the people because they think it's funny. I'm not there for that person. You got to know who you're trying to serve and you got to realize, I promise you, someone in your neighborhood is going to think you're a psycho for being on the internet. I have friends, they take screenshots of me. I'm really hard to take a screenshot of. I'm always like, <laughs> my team, thank you, God, for my team for grabbing the thumbnails because that it takes so long to get a thumbnail of me. So I got friends and neighbors. They'll take a picture. I saw your stupid video. Okay. Friends and neighbors, let alone haters. And you know what? 
You just have to decide. Is your art worth it? Is your passion worth it? Is the library of goodness you can put out in this world worth it? Can you stomach? Can you stomach one to 10% of people saying something negative? You're only going to get one to 2% who are haters. You might get up to 10% of people who say something negative. And by the way, that is actual math and statistical data from this industry. Very rare. Everyone thinks everyone's going to be mean to me. Everyone's not even going to notice you. What's your problem? There's 7 billion people in the world. Most people ain't going to notice you. And you're worried? You'll be fine. It's mindset. I have to come in each morning. So I'm in a studio here. I'm in my little back room that I set up to look like a studio, not even sure if the plants are real. Sometimes I water them because I'm like, I can't tell. They're kind of like those good, they're like they might, they're kind of waxy plants. So I'm like, is it a real one or a fake one? I don't even know. So sometimes I just put a little water in them. Don't tell my wife, she'll think I'm an idiot. But I, this is all I got. I, this is the whole room. Basically, I got some plants. I got a bunch of, I got a camera here. That's it. Nothing too fancy. And for me, I'm in this room today by myself talking to you. And when you get that, you stop worrying about it. After these last 18 months, if you're stuck in the uncertainty thing and you haven't kind of like pulled yourself out and up a little bit because of all of the negativity, the uncertainty, the craziness that we've all experienced and a lot of the vitriol online, you have to pull yourself away from, from that. You, you have to pull yourself away from that for a moment of presence in the here and now today that allows you to look to the future and dream for yourself and your family again. You've got to find some time right now to dream for yourself and your family again, to dream for yourself and your loved ones again, to allow yourself to think, oh, I can do something significant right now. I, I, I might be starting small, but you know what? No matter how small you start, start something that matters for you. No matter how small you start. I started with 31 people on an email newsletter list. And what it really was, was I went to a conference. I got a bunch of cards and I started emailing them every Sunday, a newsletter, which was my, like a long email. That's how I started. 30 some people who I just grouped emailed back in the day. <laughs> I had no idea what I do. I, then I've had like a shoebox of other cards. I just started adding people's names in, started sending out. I had no idea. Nothing. It was so early in the day. It was, there was no, there wasn't even a can spam act or anything. It was just like, you could do whatever you wanted. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I just have never stopped. Just never stopped. Just still send an email every single week. And I think that what the difference maker is for those who are going to succeed over the next couple of days, you're going to hear a lot of strategies. You might not completely understand it. You might be like, oh my gosh, she made $100,000 with an online course. Or wait, these two ladies just did a social media challenge and they made $30,000. You're going to hear stuff like that. That's going to sound so outside your concept, especially if you're just starting. And all I'm here to say is enter every learning environment you ever have the blessing to participate in and step in with great openness and great ambition to execute. But it starts with you going, I can do this. I'd like to do this. I'd like to learn more. I'm going to take notes. Approach Influencer Summit like a menu. 
You're going to learn a menu. It's like going to your favorite restaurant. There's a menu of items. You might not eat all of them in one night. You might not implement everything we teach you in one year, but knowing the menu is critical for you enjoying the experience. I found that the menu of this industry included things like, oh, I can write a book and get paid by a publisher, or I can write a book and self-publish. Oh, that spoke to me because I want to be a writer. Oh, I, I can start a blog and get paid to write a weekly blog? That spoke to me as a writer. Oh, I can, I can like work one-on-one with people and charge them to help them improve their life, not because I'm so smart, but because I'm willing to work with them and collaborate and ask questions. That spoke to me as a coach. Oh, people will like pay to speak on stages? Uh, I wasn't ready for that yet. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, later on, oh, there's this online video thing. Uh, I'm not ready for that yet. So I really started small. I started with like a newsletter. I started with life coaching. And that's how I started. Other people you'll hear, they, they, they came out with a blockbuster course right out of the gate because they learned how to do that from another mentor or expert. And it worked. For others, they say, you know what? I'm hearing about these podcasters making six figures a year by putting out two episodes a week. How is that working? We'll talk about that. That might be your thing. That's on the menu of things you can do. For some of you, like, I never want to be on video. I'm like, you don't have to be. I have tons of friends who crush it with Audible, audio programs they sell on their website, and podcasts. I have friends who I know are earning way more than the average American who no one would ever recognize walking down the street, but they have a fairly decent podcast. They're not famous. They're not on the covers of magazines. They don't even want that. They just do a podcast from their closet when the kids are hopefully to school and quiet, and they put that out to their community of people that they want to speak to. And that podcast, maybe a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand downloads. And they're happy with it. It's paying all the bills of the house. They're stoked. So you just got to have that desire to level up your life in such a way you have a little bit more passion, a little more creative expression, a little bit more willingness to put yourself out there. That's the mindset stuff. You're going to hear so many people talk about it. I just want to preference it because if we can't shift your mindset from where it's been the last 18 months to a point of like ambition again, having dreams for you and your family, having dreams for your art, having dreams to build a community of people, even if no one knows you right now, I want to let you know 100% of us started there who you'll be learning from over the next couple of days. 100%, no one knew who I was. And plus, I can still go around and still many of you still have no idea, who is this guy? And when is he going to stop talking? It's totally normal. I really don't, like, no one's, you're, no one knows you for anything. It's another mindset shift. People go, well, Brennan, but people know me as an accountant. I'm like, no one knows you. Oh, you don't understand. I can't change. I was in the corporate world. You know, I was in HR. Everyone knows me for HR. I'm like, no one knows you. Oh, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I used to teach this topic online and I used to do this type of Instagram, but I want to try a new topic. Am I allowed? I'm like, yes. But the people knew me for that. I'm like, no one knows you. And people go like, and I say this to the most famous people 
who you could imagine that I meet. I'm like, still, there's 7 billion people in the world. No one knows you. Relax. Who cares what your five neighbors knew or the thousand people or the hundred thousand on your email list or social media? You want to do something new? You want to add value to a new community? You need no permission at all. You need no one's permission. And listen to this trick of the mind. You don't even need anyone's understanding to start something new. We think, oh, they won't understand or they know me for this. You can pivot your topic, your platform, your brand faster today than anyone has ever seen. If you don't believe this, that is your internal fears, not market reality. Anyone just watch, you know, a small company that was known for something shift its name? I don't know. Anyone watch Facebook become Meta, Google become Alphabet, Square become Blocks, and all of that happen? in literally a tweet. So please, if multi-billion dollar global companies can change their direction and their name and their branding in literally days, you can too, babe. (laughs) Okay, I gotta let you know that. I really genuinely mean it. It's so funny to watch people, they, they get stuck in their own world that they think other people know them and they think that other people expect these things from them. When most people are going about their day, they're not paying attention to you. You can do whatever you want. If I started teaching real estate tomorrow, no one would care. And the ones who would care, like you used to only teach personal development. Now you teach real estate. I don't like it. And then either A, you don't like real estate, so don't watch my real estate stuff, or B, Go follow another real estate person you like. When you don't take anything personally anymore, remember the first agreement of the four agreements? Stop taking things personally. Suddenly, you're superhuman in my industry. Superhuman. Superhuman. And you know what? That takes mindset and guts. Hey, it's Brendan. You know one question I never anticipated getting as the world's leading high-performance coach, it's, Brendan, what kind of car do you drive? I never anticipated getting that, but I drive a Range Rover Sport. I love this thing. You know, when you look at the Range Rover Sport, it, you just know it's, it's powerful, it's all-terrain, it's the thing in sporting luxury, but what a lot of people don't know is when you get in this thing, it's got this uh, like cockpit-like experience inside. It feels amazing to drive it. Inside there's noise cancellation, there's cabin air purification, they have massage seats, literally. I mean, this thing is awesome. It's my favorite drive. It's got the power, the performance, the agility that someone like me who's really into high performance cares about. You can go build your own Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Some of you know, I had like the extraordinary and crazy opportunity to work with the Oprah Winfrey Network and their team and go out and actually train Oprah and her executives on some topics of change management and what we were doing for this course and what they were doing as they were planning their year. And they were making a big, bold move. Like she had left the show. She was starting a new network. It was a time that was very challenging, you know, as the new network started with Oprah Winfrey Network. It didn't quite find its footing. Oprah didn't know where to like 
play in that yet because she was known for that show. And how do I do this over here? And it was a time of just challenge and uncertainty. And even, yes, Oprah has to go, okay, let me get my mind right. Let me really recalibrate and commit to this and, and be okay with this change that's so different than what I did for 30 years. And so I promise you, it's those people and those companies, they can't change because they have these huge staffs and teams. They have to do it internally. One person somewhere there said, let's shift. And maybe it's time for you to shift your life. Maybe it's time for you to shift how you serve, who you serve, and you decide to go to another level. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to ask, where do I want to show up and, and how often? So you'll hear a lot of mindset. It's going to be a very constant thing because I promise the thing that's holding you back is not technology. The thing that's holding you back is not marketing. It's the mindset that says, I am ready for this now. I deserve this now. I sense ambition again. I'm ready to dream and try something new and help people and be a role model, influence people in a positive, meaningful, impactful way. I'm just going to start. Even if you don't know how to do those things yet, you'll learn along the way. Another big thing we're going to talk about is how do you do the content rhythm without going crazy? That is, how do you, how do you create all this stuff without burning out. You know, here's my content rhythm. I'll, I'll share all my stuff right up front. My content rhythm is super simple. It tended, tended to be for my first 15 years in the industry, my content rhythm was simple. I would do a 10 to 20 minute video every week. We would take that video, we would put it on YouTube and we would embed it on our blog. The blog would transcribe the video and put some quote cards that went along with the video. We'd cut that video up for use in social media to link back to the blog. And then we'd see what worked and whatever worked, we'd put in a file that said best of. It was the stuff that got shared the most. We just put it, it's like, you might call it your winning file. Any post you ever do that just wins, it does good, put it in a file. I just put it in a Dropbox. Well, for 15 years, that's what I've done. At some point along the way, we took that video, we grabbed the audio, and we uploaded the audio to what became the Brendan Show podcast. Now, notice I only did one action, one video. But we pulled the audio, and we put that uh, in the podcast as an episode. And it might be one or two episodes. It might just be the whole video. We might just cut that video, that audio up, and make multiple podcast episodes out of it. So yes, if you didn't know, the Brendan Show podcast is literally cuts of other things I've taught somewhere else. And so don't ask me to interview you because I don't do an interview show. <laughs> it's literally, the Brendan Show is pulling audio from courses, from live events, for broadcasts like this that the team takes, grabs the audio and releases it as an episode. Once in a while, they ask me to speak and record a new intro and a new outro. But that thing's been going, and for its first seven years, it was in the top 10 of its entire category for seven years unbroken. It's like, wow, it wasn't even a real show. And I say that because everyone would say, well, to do a podcast, you have to interview all these people. And I was like, you know what I suck at, guys? Being on time when it comes to creativity. 
And so I thought, if I got to schedule all these interviews, that's not going to be my style. How can, how can I have a podcast and do it in a way that serves my lifestyle? And you're going to hear a lot about that lifestyle conversation as we go. You have to figure out your content rhythm for you, for your family, for your business, for your ambitions. The higher the ambitions to reach more people, you'll probably have to put out more content. And don't worry, because some of you are like, I don't want to create the content. I'm like, oh, okay, then you're the curator. You're the person who grabs lots of information, summarizes it, synthesizes it, or shares it. That's what we call the curator. You grab other content, you share other posts, you, you, you summarize or synthesize or share other things, and you build a community around that. You don't have to do it all. Lots of influencers share other people's stories, other people's content with permission or just on social media. And ultimately, as you get a bigger audience, now you get to ask your audience to contribute. Maybe your customers share a success story and that becomes a post. Maybe you get you know, other people who are trying out your product or your program to share their journey and build the community with other people versus you have to do it all. And that's the world we live in today. It's a community, right? The old world, which, is which I came up on, was really focused on the individual creating consistent content and putting it out themselves. That's where I, that was like my first 10 years. That's kind of where the industry was. But then it became more of the reporter and curator industry. Reporters are the podcasters or the YouTube folks who are sharing information or even today going live with other people through social media. And so those, that guest model really exploded the last five years, as well as that model in which people really curate a community where they're not the head, they're just bringing people together, more like an editor-in-chief for their community. Cool, right? But what you got to do is you got to figure out your rhythm. Mine was I can do one major thing a week. I, it'll take me all week to cut it up and to share it out there. I'll keep a file of the things that win, and I'll keep reposting. Every couple of weeks, I repost the winners or I reshare the winners. And that creates that virulosity of your best content. When they started, maybe 100 people watched it, but because they kept sharing it over a series of weeks and months, that 100 views became 100,000 views because they were diligent enough to return to it to keep sharing it in their and other communities. That's circular virulosity. That's a content rhythm that, notice, as you do more of this, guess what? Your vault, the winners, what I call the best of, that vault gets thicker and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, which means you don't have to create as much content the longer you go. For example, for me, I don't have to create as much content now than any other stage of my career. My team cuts up tons of stuff that I've done because I have so, I have this huge library of content. When I was starting, it was doing a lot more. But as you go, you have these winners. You just keep reposting the winners and the page and the community keeps going. And you think, but people see that and, and they'll know that I'm reposting it. Like, yes, they liked it. People love what's familiar. They enjoy that. And so you'll learn some content 
this week as well. We'll talk a lot about content rhythm with each of our creators and guest speakers. We will also be talking about as a theme for everybody. We'll also be talking a lot about this topic of monetization. Okay, Brendan, how do I monetize? And that includes like, how do you know who your customer is to what you should offer them, to how you should price that, to what upsells you should have, and how do you do brand deals or partnerships that get you paid? And in this area of monetization, the number one thing I get asked, so I'm just going to answer it right now in my first friggin' session with you, is Brendan, if you were starting all over again, what would you do to earn money? Okay, so I've already talked about the mindset to get in the game. We've talked about the content of posting some things. Um, my content strategy to this day, I, I didn't finish this part, would be I post four times a day. So I tend to post four times a day on Facebook. That's kind of the, the, the anchor for me and my brand is Facebook. So four times a day, I or the team, usually the team these days, posts on Facebook. And then on Instagram, I'll post you know, two to four times a day on Instagram. And then we'll still do that significant blog post connected to YouTube every single week, every single week. Now, full disclaimer, since the pandemic, I've been so busy building a new company called Growth Day that I have not been shooting a lot of original content for YouTube. So shout out to my team who's had to go and source a bunch of stuff because I've been so focused on being live for people. So a lot of my content rhythm became going live. So since the beginning of the pandemic, I've gone live basically twice a week and then every 1st, 15th, and 30th of the month. So a lot, right? Twice a week and then every 1st, 15th, and 30th of the month. Now, that's prolific going live, but I share that with you. Now, by the way, that's not prolific going live. There's so many people go live every day. I mean, they're, they're doing stories, posts, lives, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, et cetera, every day. And so, uh, but going live, I tend to go live for like an hour or more. <laughs> so it is a lot. It's like, uh, you could get away with doing it just a few minutes. But I shared this because if I had to start all over again, what would you do, Brendan, if you were starting today for both monetization content? I'm like, I'd go live. I would go live every dang day, even if just for 30 minutes. Because I believe everyone can find 30 minutes to go live. And sometimes you can't prepare a course or you don't have time to arrange an interview person or you don't have time for this or that. But everyone can just pick up their phone, hit go, hit live and start talking. And I think, and if you feel like you can't do that, it's because you haven't done it enough to have competency at it. And one of the reasons I'd recommend this to people is because by going live, it forces you to find yourself. It forces you to learn how to be spontaneous. It forces you how to just talk. I don't have a note or a script in front of me. I'm just talking to you guys, right? So I've been doing this so long, it's easy. You turn a camera on, I can talk for five days. Ask my wife. <laughs> oh, I'll get in trouble on that one. I'll tell you what, I think you get practice at this. You get better at this. You really do. So what do I do? I would just go live, adding value, entertaining, talking, and taking lots of questions with people. I'd go live every day or let's say three times a week. That would be a content strategy. Well, guess what? If you turn a camera on, 
or you grab the replay or I'm sorry, the recording from that. Now you've got content that you can use in other places. You can share it across other social media channels. You could do a mashup of all that. It becomes your podcast. You could take it as clips for your YouTube. I mean, it really adds up. And then people say, well, how do you monetize? It's like, well, if I had to start over again, now remember I'm a coach. Okay. So I make uh, like, like what I consider the best part of my living is coaching. It costs over a million dollars to coach with me one-on-one per year. So I'm good at it. It's like the thing that I've spent the most of my career learning and perfecting more than anything else. I was like, I'm going to become the best high-performance coach in the world, um, which ultimately a lot of magazines and things said I was, probably because I told them. But you know, they said, and <laughs> I teased with you. And so what happened was I got really good at it and I enjoy coaching. So because I enjoy coaching and I want to do that, that would be the first thing I monetize. Whatever you enjoy the most and you know you're going to do, monetize that. For some of you, you could just write, if you're a writer, write a PDF, write a newsletter and monetize it, pay, have people pay for it. If you're a speaker, you know, which is another thing I love to do, go live and charge for it. Like this class right now, we could have charged for this class right now. I'm, I identify as a coach. So what I would do would, you know, how I go live throughout the week, I mentioned like maybe once a day or every three days, I'd ask people to sign up to attend a Zoom session with me on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. And then I'd get them on that session, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'd get a bunch of people, not just one. I just tell them all week, here's a link, guys, hop in. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd get people into the Zoom. I'd teach, I'd take questions, I'd coach, and then I'd let everybody there know, hey, if you want to work with me one-on-one as a coach, here's a link to go to apply, go fill out this application or questionnaire to work with me one-on-one as a coach. They'd fill out the application, and at the end, it asks them to pay for their first session. If I was starting over again, that'd be it. That'd be that. That would be my whole strategy. And I have clients and friends and customers who've taken that one little strategy and that's all they do. And they're earning tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands a year. And that's what they do. Now, you might go live and at the end, maybe you don't sell one-on-one coaching. Maybe you sell your makeup product. Maybe you go live and at the end, you sell your book or you sell your membership to ongoing coaching or teaching or access to a library or to a community. Another thing I would do if I was starting over again is I would create a monetized community. What I mean by that is I would make people pay to have access to a community. And in that community, I would curate in such a way we're all creating and sharing. I'm creating and sharing in it, but so is everyone else. And it's like its own private group. Like imagine a monetized Facebook group as an example. So, you know, there's platforms for that that you can use. You can use a Kajabi, you can use a Circle, you can use a, I mean, there's probably dozens of others I could think of. But at the end of the day, I was like, okay, that would be an approach to do that because I really believe the future is community. And I really believe that the future is paywall. Paywall means people pay to access your content or you or a specific community or a specific community. So those are two like simple strategies I would use. I'd be going live a lot. 
I'd be selling something a lot and I would be focused on making sure that I am building a community along the way. I hope that serves you. But I'd use the free tools for it too. If I was getting started up, you know, I'd use free tools like, uh, you know, social media, like Zoom. And then when I was caring about like monetization or email or building marketing pages, I would use Kajabi, which I still recommend to everybody today. My team can post a, a, a free trial to Kajabi. Again, they're the sponsors of this. So if you guys want to check it out, you can have a free trial to Kajabi. Uh, the team will post across the things, the link to that Kajabi link. It's a free 14-day trial. And that's how you build your marketing pages or what you hear is email funnels or email sequences, what we call pipelines in Kajabi, others call funnels. It's about how you charge money to access membership sites. And it's so incredibly affordable. I would, you know, if I was starting over again, I'd have that one tool. And I don't say that because they're sponsors because that's actually how I did start was with Kajabi. So I started with Kajabi and built the webpage, built an opt-in to capture name and email, sent a sequence of people to add value to them, and then sent emails to make an offer. And I did that in real time when I began. And then I learned about email sequences, which I'll teach you about, where that's just automated. So while you're sleeping, people can be entering their name and email, getting value and offers from you all day long. And that is how I personally finally broke through what was a, a frustration. You know, uh, it sounds almost flippant to say, but it's like, that's how I broke through the six-figure and the seven-figure mark was going, you know what? I need a system where names and emails are coming in, they're getting value and offers, and that's automated and it's running all the time. And that's what I use Kajabi for. It's like my automated marketing platform as well as my marketing pages. So something to think about. Those things really served me. So mon how, do, how would I would monetize today? I'd be going live. I'd be making offers live. I would be um, creating paywalls for community. And I would create evergreen sequences so that people can enter their name and email to get something and do it. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I want to jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me, or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses, or where I go live in my membership areas, or how I accept money online, now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out 
when they successfully complete one of your modules. Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com. Hey, I wanted to hop in here and share with you my love for community.com. Every major celebrity uses this. U.S. presidents use this. The biggest companies in the world use this. They give you a 10-digit phone number, but it's kind of like having an inbox for your texting. You can segment it to people um, and they can reply back. And it's just really cool because you can also send video and you can send audio. And it's so beautiful of a design that it's really easy to figure out. You know, I don't like all those other systems that send out like some weird little code that you just know is like a promotion. The reason they called it community.com is because they really believe you have to have a text community in the modern area. Texting adds a whole other level. People open up their texts way more. It's way more, you know, effective as a promotional vehicle. And it's something that I deeply, deeply believe in. In fact, I invested in them and I've advised the senior team. I'm telling you what, my audience loves it. It's increased the engagement across everything I do. And you can get a free demo when you go to community.com. Just like it sounds, community.com. Check it out.